1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Still in Paris. I'm actually not leaving France. Oh, that's not true. I'll be in France for a continuous month. I'm leaving Paris and not just like excursions to the suburbs. Like I told you, I was going to go to the south of France. I booked the first two parts of the trip. It's kind of like a four-part trip. Remember I did the Odyssey in America like a few years ago? I went to, well, not just America, but I did Miami and then Mexico and then Atlanta and then DC and then New York and then ended it with Usher in Vegas. I'm trying to do something similar in France, in French! You know, it's actually very silly of me to be concerned about moving to France and not speaking French, the rate at which I'm learning just because I'm forced to is amazing. I'm really proud of my little brain. I'm like, look at you, look at you. I can't speak it for shit in the sense that my accent is terrible. And I don't always know how to pronounce things because I'm often reading them instead of speaking, but it's like, it's for real immersion. And it's small things. I wash clothes in my apartment. I have a washer and dryer. I washed clothes for the first time yesterday and all of the prompts on the machine are in French, which makes sense because in France. So I had to pull up Google and do the French to English translation. This means cotton and this means silk and this means spin cycle and this means whatever. I had to do that for the first load. And then by the time I got to the second load, I literally just looked at the thing and was like, doo, 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 doo. I was like cotton, silk, pre-washed. Like it just, it just clicks. Like when you actually have to interact with it and it clicks on the first try. I made rice the other day because, you know, all I really eat when I'm at the house is like rice bowls. So I made rice the other day and I didn't have a measuring cup and the rice was watery as fuck. Not so good. So I had to buy a measuring cup. That was an adventure. It was a self-checkout at the place and it didn't have an option for English conversion. And somehow I made it happen. It's the smallest things and I'm so proud of myself. And then I also, same rice. I forgot to get coconut milk. Somebody told me that when I was in Ghana and they were like, yeah, you don't have to do anything else to the rice. If you put coconut milk, no butter, no salt, just do it. half coconut milk and you're good. Excellent advice. But I went and found coconut rice at the grocery store. I was so proud of myself. For I asked the attendant where the coconut rice was and he gave me instructions in French and I understood them and went to the aisle and got the coconut rice. Here's the other thing. I live in a kind of touristy spot. So there's lots of tourists, which people speak in all sorts of different languages. So I asked the guy where the coconut milk is. He gives me directions to the coconut milk. And when I get to the aisle, there's a group of women, maybe like three or four, and they're talking. So when I put my cart down, I accidentally bumped one of the women and I apologized immediately. I didn't even think about it, but somewhere in my head, it clearly registered because when I bumped her, I apologized to her in Spanish. The way my mind is working and processing, I feel like I got like an upgrade. You know how you go to sleep and you leave your laptop or your phone plugged in and it upgrades overnight? That's what I feel like. I feel like every day I get an upgrade. Like I wake up in the morning with a whole new set of like language skills. It's, oh, it's fascinating. I haven't really been doing too much running around since the last time we spoke. Today's Friday. Yesterday I didn't even leave the house. I'm supposed to start this self-guided tour of the south of France on Wednesday and I had booked nothing. I mean, Wednesday of next week. I was like, you know where you want to go. You have a new train pass. I had a Eurorail global pass, three months unlimited while I've been over here. That's part of the way I was just able to bop around nonstop is because I have this pass. I got a new pass, a France pass, for the next month. This one's not limited. This one's just five days. And not like you can only use it for five days, but you can only travel on five days. Um, but it's unlimited travel on those five days. I got that one this time for my bop arounds. Because it's only one way to each place. And then I'm going to fly back for my last destination. Because it was a seven-hour train ride. Three transfers. And I was like, I think the fuck not. So I'm flying back from my last place. And then Wednesday, I went to a couple museums. One of them, actually, they were both houses. One of them was more like a townhouse. But like an Upper East Side townhouse where it was like huge and tricked out. Even that's being super modest Because, like, the first floor is the entrance. The second floor were, like, the bedrooms and such. And then the third and fourth floor were, like, just gigantic open spaces with, like, art packed on the walls. Like, these gigantic, mostly pictures of Jesus on the cross and other various church scenes, the Ascension, things like that. Uh, But beautiful, beautiful paintings. I found this one painter. I have no idea what this man's name is. But it was one of the most beautiful works of art I've ever seen. Like, I, I wanted to weep. Like it was beautiful from across the room. And I was like, no, there's there's more, there's more. And I like went right up on it. You know, sometimes you see people practically breathing on paintings and I'd be like, oh my God, get the fuck away. You're ruining it. But that was me. It looks like the artist went in with a big pen, which obviously this painting's from like the 1700s or 1800s, that's not what happened. But it looks like he went in with a big pen, a black big pen specifically, and went and sketched designs Think something like lace. I'll see if I can post a picture of it. It's almost like a doodle. It's like drawing the lace on women's outfits or drawing kind of like the designs, if you think like Middle Eastern or Spanish tiles, something like that. Like he went and drew that on various figures in the painting. Like it was just absolutely gorgeous. And I was like, yo, if I was a painter, I would be inspired by it. I wouldn't jack his shit. I would pay homage, but I would totally like, you know, People might call it appropriation, but I would do that shit. It was beautiful. I was like, this is genius. This is absolute genius. This is why I travel. And then I went to this other museum. It's a Parisian history museum. Like, literally, like, artifacts from, like, the very beginning. Which, just because I've been, you know, so many places and I go to so many, like, history museums. Everybody's history, like, this is how it began. It's all the same shit. Like, here's a rock. Here's something that we used as a spoon. Here's something we used to dig. (laughs) It all looks exactly the same. That museum, literally the history of Paris from like the very beginning up until like, I don't know, 1970. Really good museum. Lots of stories about the French Revolution, which I knew the French Revolution happened. I don't think I really ever paid any attention to the, the whole details of it. I was really reading the caption or something and I was like, wait, like I know the French rebelled over the bread and got rid of the monarchy. I don't think I realized that they had, like, beheaded the king and his wife. I think I knew Marie Antoinette got beheaded, but I thought her husband did it. I didn't realize, you know, the people of France were like, fuck you. But I guess people are starving. You would be like, let them eat cake. You kind of should have saw that coming. Yeah. Amazing art, amazing ballrooms. This is a concept that doesn't really register to me. If you were selling your house or even if you were moving to some other place and you really liked a particular portion of your house, you would just have them cut out the art on the walls, the ballroom, and they would just move the whole ballroom to your new house. Or somebody would see it and be like, oh, I want it. Like, I'll pay you for it. And they would just cut up the whole ballroom and just move it to somebody else's house. And I was like, what? But I've seen it enough times that I was like, this is crazy. They'd be like, oh, yeah, this originally was in the house of XYZ. And now it's in the house of blah, blah, blah. And then I was in this ballroom. It was really beautiful. The colors were red, white, brown, very dark gray. I wouldn't say black. It was a great use or contrast of light and dark. I sat on one of the benches, and I was looking at the paintings. And I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, I really just feel very moved and connected. And then I was looking closer, and I was like... Are those black people? They were. The mural for this whole ballroom is this woman's move to wherever. I think it's a famous story from Greek mythology. But this woman is moving from like one part of Earth to the other. And she's riding on the back of an elephant. But she has all her stuff that needs to be moved. All the people carrying the stuff were black. I was like, wait. Again, up on the painting, breathing on it. Are you kidding me? And then had to take a million pictures. Most of the times I travel, I really don't care if somebody's with me or not. Like, I actually prefer going solo because you can just, you know, move at your own pace and change your schedule as you see fit. But every once in a while, I do just want to turn to another person and be like, they're black, right? (laughs) You see what I see, right? (laughs) That's pretty much it. One of my friends was in town um, and we grabbed a cocktail. She was asking me about the Vivian book. Like, she's very invested in. In this book about a woman who drops her life and goes traveling around the world. Oh, the places you'll see. And I told her I've been running around Paris and in the suburbs and the countryside and all of that for personal enjoyment and enrichment. And because I like beauty and awe and all of those things. But also, I need to spark some ideas for my character. Like I went to, which chateau was it? It was the one where I was in the golf cart. I was driving around in the golf cart and I noticed people were carrying picnic baskets, like the wood ones one of the places people were having picnics was up behind the gold Hercules statue. Notably, no one was sitting in front of the statue. They were they were going to the back to admire the backside, but it was a big open field surrounded by trees. It was very beautiful. And then there was like other little places like in the fancy formal gardens. Some places had tables and chairs, some places were just open field, but just really beautiful places with really nice views. And when I got back to the front, I was like, where's the picnic basket? What's in the basket? Fruits and cheeses, wines. And I was like, that's a really beautiful date. Like, You go to a chateau and you just like sit in the garden and enjoy a nice picnic together. Have some wine. Hopefully some good conversation. Like that's like sexy shit. So she was telling me how she met this guy. She's a married lady now. This is, this is back in her single days. She was traveling. She met this guy and she left it at that. She was like, I'm on vacation. I'm not trying to build a life with anybody. Can you afford the date? That's really all I care about. Fast forward. She wanted to go to this museum exhibit, but the tickets were sold out for months. She tried to go to the museum really early in the morning to see if they had same day tickets. And they were like, no, that's not really a thing. Same thing happened to me in London. Remember, I was trying to get tickets to the diva exhibit. And I went there in the morning and they were like, no, it's sold out for like another three weeks. Like you have to get your tickets then. And I was like, are you kidding me? So she mentioned it to the guy. And she was like, yeah, I really wanted to see this fashion exhibit, but they don't have tickets until whatever date. And I won't be here anymore. And she said, I'm really bummed because I really wanted to see the exhibit. And he was like, oh, well, where is it? And she said, it's at XYZ Museum. And he was like, oh, OK. A couple of days later, he calls her and was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, Nothing. What's up? He was like, actually, I can't make it because I have a prior engagement. But did you still want to see the exhibit at XYZ? And she was like, yeah, but it's sold out. And the museum closes at like five or six. There's no way I could see it tonight. And he was like, no, I asked them to open it for you. You asked them to open what? And he was like the museum. This man had an exhibit at the museum. He's a really big artist. You know, people be like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm an actor. Like, okay, I don't recognize you. So like, okay, maybe you've been in some stuff. Maybe you're a background actor. Are you really like an actor, actor? He's an artist. Like, does he create art? Does he paint? Actually sculpt? But yes, he does. But she didn't quite realize it was like, you know, big museum level. So he tells her, you know, go to the museum at XYZ time and call this person and they'll come out and get you and they'll take you on a tour of the exhibit. And she's like, what? yeah and while you're there stop by the you know the name of his whatever you might want to see that too and so she was like I'm sorry I've seen advertisements of your exhibition all over Paris and he was like yeah she's like who are you and he was like I told you I'm an artist (laughs) she was like it's the sexiest date I've ever been on even though he wasn't on it is that weird She told me when she went to his exhibit, she was like, I felt like surrounded by him. She was like, I felt like I had like stepped inside him. It was erotic as fuck. I was like, really? I think I could make a chapter about that. (laughs) (sighs) I love this city.
0: (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.
1: Usher is extending his tour dates in Vegas. He added some extra shows, I think October and November. I told y'all when I went to see Usher in 2021, I was like, get yourselves to Vegas. This is an excellent show. He's changed the show since then, which he should. It's been over two years. But Usher puts on good show. He is peak and prime Usher. If you can get yourself to Vegas for a very expensive ticket. It was expensive when I went. I heard prices shot up after the Kiki situation. So a very expensive ticket, but he puts on a hell of a show. If you can still pay the rent and go see Usher, do so. If not, if anyone in his camp has good business sense, and I do believe he has the best of the best surrounding him, these shows have been recorded. And it's going to end up as an HBO documentary or some Netflix one night only release. Something like that. That better happen. Cannot wait until it does. I've seen him live four times. The first two times were good. I saw him open for either Janet Jackson or Beyonce. It was still the MCI Center in D.C. And I saw him at the Apollo. I don't remember what year that was. I was probably in my late 20s. And it was a good show. I mean, it's Usher. He can dance and sing. But Vegas. I don't know if Usher changed or I changed, but Vegas, I was like, oh my God. And then I saw him in Ghana last year for Global Citizen, and he was amazing. I actually met him the next day. Very nice. Smaller than I expected, but not like teeny, just smaller than I expected. I guess maybe because I think of him as larger than life. I'm used to looking at him in videos and on stage. He's not a shorty, but he's not what you would call tall. And he was a little shy, maybe because he was out of his element. Confident. Had a shyness about him. Interesting. Oh yeah. And I met him backstage at Vegas. I totally forgot about that. We took a picture together. It was very nice. He was very nice. He wasn't shy that day. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, Usher and Kiki did a video together. We talked about it on Tuesday. I thought it would be way more scandalous than what it was. And I was actually pleased that it wasn't. My thought when I saw the snippet on his page about a new song called Boyfriend and Kiki Palmer with blue streaks in her hair. And I was like, oh no, they about to cut the fuck up. Like they're trolling and it's petty. And I'm about to watch it the second it debuts, which didn't happen because I was at a museum without headphones. It's a cute video. And I'm glad that it wasn't the stereotypical Kiki's a video chick and she's, you know, all over Usher and or grinding on him or she's the love interest or something like that. It was a super cute, very wholesome video with a nod to Vegas. Kiki and her girlfriends are in Vegas, going to a concert in the video, but she has like dance breaks. It's mostly her and the girls and she's separate from Usher. They're not even in the same scene. And when they finally do end up together, they're on the casino floor. They're dancing, not like grinding, but like legit dancing. Kiki is like cosplaying as Usher in the video. They're dressed alike and she's dancing like Usher. It was really cute and fun. And it was taking full advantage of a viral moment. I want to say that over a million views like the first day. I saw a lot of people talking about like, this is so disrespectful to her child's father. Mm, He was disrespectful. And it could have been so much worse. The version that they actually produced was very mild, very wholesome, very respectful. Unnecessarily, I thought. But that's me. They were like, well, the child's father, she has to raise a child with him and she's unnecessarily provoking him. And I was like, you mean in the same way that he unnecessarily provoked her? This idea that You get to do crazy shit to people and then they're supposed to take the high road. Everybody's not Michelle Obama. Everybody's not going to go high when you go low. I don't know this man's disposition. I don't know what she's working with. He may be the type of person that you try to reason with and he don't understand reason. He only understands fire because we know he releases fire. Maybe he only understands when fire is returned to him. We sit on the internet every day and we talk about how people fuck around. and They find out, well, this might be an example of that. I think I said this last episode, there are two scenarios here that she and the guy are together and he was informed of the video. So he knew what was going on or they're not together. They're co-parents and she went ahead and did what the fuck she wanted to do. Cause she's not in a relationship anymore. If she's a single woman, even if she's not a single woman, if you watch the video, she's not grinding on Usher. She wasn't grinding on Usher at the concert either. He was serenading her. She was at a concert having fun. I'm not rehashing this shit. I just think it's interesting that the way the story about what happened with Kiki Palmer has evolved into like Kiki just did like the worst thing possible and embarrassed this man and shamed this man, and emasculated this man. And I was like, she went to a concert in Vegas with a dress that had her ass out. Like, you know, it's Vegas. Have people been to Vegas in the last couple years? Do you see what people walk around Vegas in? Kiki in that context was dressed like a nun. You told me Kiki wore that to Easter Sunday, I'd be like, girl, you're doing the most and the least in the Lord's presence. Put on some real clothes. It was Vegas. Vegas. Like, people keep losing the context. It was Vegas. And it was like, she was all over Usher and he was all over her. He's a singer who was serenading someone. The way people talk about that video, you really think Kiki Palmer bent over in front of Usher and started twerking on him. Like that woman was twerking on Chance the Rapper. And he was like ramming his penis against her. And people were like, oh, it's just a dance. It's carnival. Okay. Kiki didn't do that. She and Usher were side to side. They were hip to hip. They had a hug. It's not like he, you know, grabbed her ass and, you know, tongued her down. Like people made such a thing about that. They were like, oh, she disrespected him in public. And that's why he called her out in public. And then now she's doing this. This guy on my page was like, this is too much. This is like going to somebody with both middle fingers up. Fuck you. And I was like, does he not deserve that? Does does he not deserve that? I don't think that's what this is. If it was that, does he not deserve that? I really need men to, to take a moment of clarity and be like, this idea that you're going to do crazy things to people, to women especially, and they're going to respond, I don't know, in some quote-unquote respectful, quote-unquote ladylike, meek, I don't know, way. People, I kept seeing people say that, you know, she has to co-parent with him and they need to put the child first. And I was like, I agree. They do have to co-parent and the child should be put first. But I don't see making a video with Usher as not being a good co-parent or not putting the child first. The child ain't watching the video. And if the child went and watched the video 20 years from now, his mother isn't grinding on Usher. She's literally fully clothed dancing in a video. Y'all want Kiki to be very concerned about co-parenting, but was very not concerned about old boys co-parenting. Very not concerned. Calling out a woman on the internet, inviting the whole world to critique her. Literally the world. Creating an international news story. Nobody was concerned about the co-parenting situation then. Now all of a sudden Kiki does a video with Usher. A wholesome video. She does a video with Usher. People are like, what is she doing? The co-parenting. Think of the child. Did he think of the child? For me, it's not a case of like two wrongs make it right. But people really need to think about their actions and the consequences that may come with them. He tweeted that shit and, and thought nothing of what the blowback could be. Fucked around. Finding out. Still. I hope this is the end of it, though. This was cute. This was a moment. I feel like anything more with Kiki and Usher after this would be dragging the moment. Let it rest. It's done. I saw People Magazine ran a story about how Kiki and her child's father are no longer together. I don't feel good about that. I don't feel bad about that. I'm actually kind of surprised by it, to be quite honest with you. I think most women in Kiki's position probably would have stayed and tried to stick it out, even though it was very, very clearly And maybe it's very, very clearly to me because Kiki's 30. I'm 44. I have a different lens on life than than she does, as I should being 14 years older. When the whole situation initially happened and the guy was like shaming her, I made some bullet points and I published them on Instagram. And the first one was like at the point that your partner starts publicly embarrassing you, it's downhill from there. People got really mad at me for saying it, but I was like, it's the truth. There's shit you do in the house and there's shit like once you start letting it outside in public, you really just don't give a fuck anymore. And you act like it. Hence the public embarrassment. Most women, I think, especially Kiki's age, would have tried to stick it out because they have a brand new kid and people in their 20s and particularly 30s, all the way up through 30s, not even like early 30s. Women especially, of men too, actually are very centered around partnership, sometimes by any means necessary. So I think some women would have have stuck it out, even though he very clearly had exhibited a massive red flag publicly. I know they have a kid. I know the kid is really young. It's obviously not ideal to have a child, especially a very young child, and the parents are no longer together. But it's also terribly not ideal to be with somebody, to be quite honest, doesn't really like you. When people start doing shit like that, they don't respect you. They don't like you. You can try to clean it up and play with it and make it sound like something it isn't. But that's the basis of it. If, if with quote unquote sources, because it didn't come from Kiki and it didn't come from the child's father. It was from a source. I think it was a source close to him. Um, said the couple went their separate ways. I wish them both the best. They do have a child to raise together. And I hope they can find a way to do that peacefully. I think that's the best you can ask for. Peace is paramount. We've had that conversation on here several times. Speaking of relationships, this has absolutely nothing to do with black people, but it's Britney Spears. We talked about Britney before when she was trying to get out of her conservatorship, which she did get out of. And there was a guy she was dating at the time because this guy was around for a while. She married him about a year and a half ago, and he filed for divorce earlier this week. They had a prenup. I think it said he got a million for every year he was married, up to 15 years, something like that. But it's a year and a half and he wants out and he's objecting to the prenup. And I was like, nigga, are you serious? Are you serious? There's a prenup in place for a reason, but he's trying to get more. And I was like, look, I could see if he was in it for eight years, 10 years, 15 years was like, look, I agreed to this, but it was 15 years and I put up with a lot. I deserve more. I hear you out. A year and a half? A year and a half? bruh and he's walking away with a million just based on what the prenup is and i was like a million for a year sir sir if you don't take your monies and go i feel bad for britney i feel like her whole life she's been exploited people are always trying to take her money it was her family the quickie marriage in vegas and then like the father of the kids he wanted a bunch of money she finally got out of the conservatorship she's making her own decisions and then this guy like it's she's had a hard life glamorous life At least, you know, from the videos and such. It's probably more glamorous to us than it is to her. After you spend hours in hair and makeup, shit really ain't glamorous anymore. Not to you. To the people watching, sure. I saw people saying, like, isn't this why she was under the conservatorship so she didn't run into shit like this? Look, does everybody who makes a bad decision in love and dating, do they need to be under a conservatorship too? Because if that's the case, everybody gonna be under one. Brittany, me, you... (laughs) Oh, life. I want some joy for Brittany. I really do. And it might not come in the form of a relationship. She seems like somebody who very much wants to be partnered and want to be loved. People just keep trying to use her. I used to follow her on Instagram. Like, she's a little off. I don't think she's a threat to herself and others. She, by far, is not the craziest person I follow. Because there's several people. I'm like, so no meds. Just you refuse meds. No meds for you ever? Okay. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. I'd be like, you could look at some people and be like, you need to be diagnosed with something. I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you it's off. Brittany ain't the craziest person I follow. Far from the craziest person online. (sighs) I want the best for Brittany. I want the best for the dude from the blonde side too. Michael, there's not necessarily anything new coming out in the case. Actually, that's not true. Since we spoke on Tuesday. So I remember I read to you the father did a, an interview in like the Daily Memphian, and he admitted that there was no adoption. There was actually, in fact, a conservatorship, as Michael says. And then he also said, at first he said the family didn't make any money from the movie. And then he was like, well, the author split his earnings with the family, and we only got like 14000 apiece. Again, auditors. Where, where is the financial audit? I want to see the audit. okay. He and his wife have since changed tune. They got a very fancy, high-powered attorney. And now he's saying that Michael has been trying to scam the family over the years. And he recently asked them for $15 million. And because they wouldn't give it up, he's decided to take it to the press. They were like, he's tried this lawsuit a bunch of times. The lawyers, once they realize that he's full of shit, drop him as a client and he hasn't been able to pursue it. But now he has this Fugazi lawyer who do anything for a buck. And that's the only reason this case is moving forward. And I was like, interesting that your first interview wasn't, you know, he's been trying to scam us for years. I think if someone had been trying to scam me for years and then a lawsuit was filed and the press came to me and was like, what do you have to say? I think the first thing out my mouth would be he's been trying to scam me for years. Here is the proof. That's what I would do. Again, all these things are really simple. The man said he wasn't adopted, produce the adoption papers. Oh, there there aren't any. Okay. What I was originally going to say is I was following up on this story, poking around and reading more details. I saw The Blind Side when it came out. I watched it once. I never watched it again. I remember the premise, which is, you know, white savior family, take this black kid into their home. The, I remember the kid, the character based on Michael, seemed a little slow. I don't know if he could read in the movie. Um, But he came across as slow. So reading these articles about this lawsuit and about Michael, you know, this man was like an above average reader and learner. His version of events. And he hasn't liked the movie all this time. It's, It's not like he said he was fine with the movie for years. And then all of a sudden he's coming out now and saying like, no, this is some bullshit. He's been saying it's some bullshit all along. I think the culture has shifted just enough where people are willing to hear him out. But he was like, no, like I didn't have problems reading or learning. I was in a fucked up situation. My mom had a drug issue. I wasn't living in a stable environment and it was really hard to focus on education. And he was like, and still I was writing plays in the second grade that I used to perform in front of the entire school. I wasn't stupid, nor was I shy. Also, how I met this family was that I was in a prep school school with their kids. I wasn't dumb at all. I was like, really? Really? I knew it was a white savior movie. I didn't realize they made the character dumb just for the movie. (sighs) Yeah, There was something else he said. He was like, the idea that they taught me how to play football. He was like, I was a fan of football already. I studied football. I knew how to play football. Did they help? Did they guide? Sure. But teach me how to play football? He was like, no. No, are you serious? And then he went on to talk about how the, how the, uh, the movie's perception of him basically, like, fucked him up all his life. Like, the book came out and then the movie came out. He was like, he's trying to play in the NFL. And he was like, everybody's talking to him like he's stupid. They don't think he can understand the playbook because the character in the film was portrayed as slow, Everyone just assumed he must be like that in real life. He was like his teammates used to make fun of him. His coaches would talk to him real simple like he couldn't understand shit. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Run this black man his money. I also saw people talking about, well, why now? You didn't know you were under conservatorship all this time. You thought you were adopted all this time. Like, why are you bringing this lawsuit now? (laughs) On Facebook. (laughs) Somebody made a post. It ain't even a long post. They posted a picture of Michael and his wife. He got married last year, 2022. But he married a black woman. I think her name is Tiffany. And they were like, that's why Michael's filing a lawsuit. He married this black woman. (laughs) And she was like, okay, now we married. We're going to build a life together. Look at all our finances. Get our affairs in order so we can build a life. then she saw some of his affairs and his finances and was like, this don't make no sense. This don't make no sense. The theory is the man got a black woman who is now fixing his life. If that is the case, I'm not even mad at Sister Tiffany. Tiffany, like, we are one. My financial, psychological, emotional, and mental future and and legacy is tied up in you. Your shit got to be right. I think it's a fun theory. Oh, BET is not being sold anymore. Did we talk about that on here? I think we did. We talked about... Tyler Perry wanted to buy BET. Diddy wanted to buy BET. What's the guy that owns the Grio? He wanted to buy BET. Owner of the Grio. What is his name? He owns the Weather Channel. Why can't I type? Let me get my nails cut. Owner Grio. Byron Allen. I think that's his name. Let me look at that. Yes, Byron Allen also wanted to buy BET. Paramount said they couldn't get a good price. Paramount said they were trying to sell BET for $3 billion. And they said the folks were making offers around $2 billion, including Tyler Perry. And they said they weren't willing to sell BET for that amount. So they're just going to keep BET where it is. Womp womp. I was looking forward to BET being Black-owned. I should say being Black-owned again because it was Black-owned to begin with. And then, you know, they sold, then it was sold. So Paramount is no longer selling BET. All right. That's the episode... I hope nothing crazy happens before I send this episode in. I'm recording earlier in the day than I usually do because I have plans tonight. So hopefully nothing too explosive happens that we can't save for next week. Talk Tuesday, for sure. Tuesday's episode is either going to be early or it's going to be late. I'm not sure. I have a friend coming in town and I promised him if he came to Paris, I'd give him the day, even though I usually don't leave my house on Tuesdays and Fridays. So we'll see. All right, bye.